0: Anybody ready to hear the word of the Lord? Anybody not ready to hear a sermon from Pastor Chuck? You'd rather hear from the Lord. That's not a trick question. When I preach, I make me sick. When he preaches through me, I take notes on myself. Um, First Corinthians, this is not our text, but we have so many new families that I, I like to bring, just calibrate everybody up to Just kind of how we do things around here. And there's a passage that Paul told the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that is so pertinent for us because many of you have heard good talks. But what we're getting ready to do right here is not a TED talk. This will not be the most polished sermon you've heard in the last three weeks. If you've been to anybody else's church, you've probably heard a more polished, impressive talk. Paul says this, I came to you in weakness, and great fear and trembling, my message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. How many of you want your faith to not be in the ability of the person who has the microphone in his hand right now? Amen? There's a big difference, and so... Even this morning I'm preaching in an unorthodox manner. I just I pray God gives me what I feel like I am to say and so I'm going to deliver it. And if you're ready to hear from the Lord, your ears are open, your heart is sensitive, and you want to hear, you want to leave this morning going, God spoke to me. Would you just raise your hand? Come on, now look around. God is a he responds to hungry, desperate hearts. And we're in a season in our world where there's a lot of hunger. A lot of desperation. There's a lot of people seeking him. And when people seek him with all their hearts, they will find him. Now, with our text, it's a real short text picking up from last week. This may shock you, but I didn't finish last week's sermon, so I'm going to pick up, (laughs) try and pick up and go from here. Um, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, you, somebody say you. You. You are the salt of the earth. In the message translation, it says it like this. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors in the earth. Salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Saturday a week ago, we had the memorial service for my father. Two weeks before that, my mother It caused us to have a lot of reflection. Candace had the fortunate privilege of being with her father and mother yesterday as he yesterday celebrated his 93rd birthday. And we are blessed. And in reflecting back over our lives and who we are, it's been an amazing experience for our children. It's been a happy, sad occasion. Happy for obvious reasons um, that they went to heaven. Sad for obvious reasons. Um, that we don't have them anymore, but we were blessed to have them for so long. Candace and I often reflect on our heritage. Her mother is one of 27 children. 27 children. That was back before TV and other things, you know. Um, in her family and mine, they're, they're pastors and missionaries and preachers. And we, it began, you know, the last few weeks, we've talked about, you know, our childhood, the people who have influenced us, and my mom and dad passing, the messages, the cards that we got, not only from here in the church, which were many, and we we're grateful, but we we heard from people in our small town of Virginia, all over the state of Virginia, people I went to elementary school with, in little River Lawn Elementary School in Radford, Virginia, right on the New River Valley, and um, people I went to. Summer church camp with that I haven't seen in decades. And we, we just reflect on wow, there, there, there's so many people that were just quality people that that helped to raise us. Um, we've grown up in a great era in our nation. I went, my four years of high school were from 81 to 84. President Reagan in his first term. My four, next four years were at, at college. I was on the five year plan, Candace was on the four year plan. But that was the second four years of Reagan, and patriotism and pride in America, and we were recovering from the tumultuous 60s and then the crazy economy and the the, the issues with Watergate and things in the 70s. And from like 1980, really, until recent years, the economy, we've never seen in any nation in a 40-year period the kind of prosperity we've enjoyed. We grew up in a golden era in our denomination. Um, so many at, sitting in chapel at Lee University, there were so many gifted, powerful pastors and preachers that poured into us. The 70s and the 80s and the Church of God denomination of which we were a part, they were just golden. And now here we sit going, wow, we have benefited greatly from that and because of it we stand on our parents' shoulders we we have a heritage that has set us up to have impact in our lives and i'm thankful for it and you may be sitting here today and going pastor chuck that's great that's not my experience and i understand that and we now live in a world where you're having to start the foundation there's nobody's shoulders you get to stand on that's worthwhile there's brokenness. There's hurt. And we don't have a, a, a Reagan culture. And we don't have a, a nation that's united anymore against Russia as we were in the early 80s. We're, we're, there's a lot of division and confusion. And so we began last week talking about being salt of the earth people, that we are still here as salt to, to flavor, to bring out the best in things and people situations. And we're here to preserve the earth and the culture. And so, we talked about what is a salt of the earth person. You know, culturally we talk about people from the Midwest, often from the South. They're just sincere, humble, modest people who are reliable, simple, and and most often a salt of the earth person is really a godly person. And um, Basically, most of them are, they're Christians, like through and through. Have you been around, how many of you know, like when I, when I say salt of the earth person, how many of you have someone that comes to your mind or more than one somebody? How many of you have been blessed in your life to have people in your family or people up close to you that you go, that's what Pastor Chuck's talking about. That's, that's a salt of the earth person. I love being around a salt. They can be dressed in 1959 clothes, they don't know it. They, they may know it. They just don't even care. You know what? They they have learned to manage their money. They've learned, like Paul the Apostle, to be content whether they got a lot or little. And a true salty of person usually lives beneath their means. They don't have any stress. They're not trying to pay for a house that they can't pay for. And they just, no matter whose presence they come in, they're just they're not intimidated. They're not um, boastful or bragging. They're just... They're just them. You know, they're comfortable in their own skin. They're just free from having to impress or just, just awesome people. I want to be a person like that. I want our church to be filled with people like that. Now, I know that's a big ask in North Atlanta here in 2021 because we've been conditioned and there's a lot of shiny things that get our attention. And I know even the sermon I'm about to preach Probably no one else within driving distance here is going to be preaching a sermon like this today. And I know that. And it's countercultural. And I know that the scripture is countercultural. And when Jesus offers this up in Matthew chapter 5, remember he starts the Sermon on the Mount. It's the intro. It's the him going public of his ministry. And he mentions all these things in chapters 5, 6, and 7 about how to live and get along with other people what to do with your money, how to obey authorities, how do you treat people who've wronged you. And he goes on and basically this is his message for how to be a Christian. And he starts it early in the part and he goes, you are the salt of the earth, which we are to conclude that he is saying if you do the things I'm about to tell you, you will be, the salt of the earth. You will flavor, you will bring out God's design in things and people and situations and eras. If you become this kind of person, there will be a preserving impact that you will have upon the earth. And before you think he had a Reagan in the White House, he didn't. He was raising up an army of people that, who were gonna have to, stand separately from Caesar and the Roman oppression. And Jesus never got them to focus on the White House. He never got them to be too concerned about Caesar or Herod. He got them concerned about his gospel message. And this morning, I want to go a little bit further in talking to you about becoming a salt-of-the-earth person. Jesus is saying, I'm about to teach you some things that if you apply them to your life, you will have impact in the earth and in your community. Now, Pastor Chuck, how can I become one? Because I'm after a few things in talking about this. This This is not just about you. It's about your children and your grandchildren. You may go, Pastor Chuck, I'm 26. We're just engaged Well, one day, bro, you're going to be married, hopefully. And one day, you're going to have children. And you're building a legacy. And there are people in here today that are, they've benefited from being a heritage and a legacy that set them up to be salt of the earth. Now, some of them will fumble it. But many are set up for it. But probably the majority are... Listen to me, you're not dealing with a, a spiritual trust account of blessings. You're dealing with some what we call generational consequences, or curses. I don't like to call it curses, because Jesus has broke every curse. But there are consequences and things, strongholds that you're going to have to break through. And so I'm talking to you. Not about, hey, let's just have an impact in the culture. Let's be salt of the earth. No, we're talking about you breaking strongholds. You coming to a place in your spiritual life that there is spiritual freedom and and power. And you've risen up. And some of that stuff your dad or granddad or mother dealt with, you are not going to deal with it. And you're going to leave your children something that you weren't left and you just those of you who've been around here, you know, and I'm motivated because I believe this stuff. Like we did, except for the salt of the earth and the grace of God that literally tr- changed the trajectory of his future generations. My grandfather, who I met one time, spent 51 years in a state penitentiary in the mental ward. I should not be here except for the grace of God. And I'm motivated. Oh, I'm motivated. I want to tell somebody who is, the devil has got you convinced that you're just always going to struggle. Your dad was addicted to pornography. You're addicted to it. Just get used to it. Learn how to hide it. Learn how to keep a distance from people. Your dad dealt with anger. Your dad dealt with whatever it is. Please hear me. It does not mean that you are going to have to deal with it the rest of your life. If you are dealing with it now, we're talking about a gospel with a Savior who is the hero who went to a cross and broke every one of those curses so that you can leave your children a a godly heritage. Come on, somebody. Now, okay, tell me how, Pastor Chuck. How can I do that? How can I be a salt of the earth person? How can I turn this thing around? Me and my wife leave our children something special. Number one, you've got to understand the power of you. I'm not talking about your power, but the the power of you, the person. Jesus says that you are the salt of the earth, not you are the salt of the earth. If you get your ex to leave your kids alone and stop manipulating them against you. He said, you are the salt, you are the salt of the earth. Not, you're the salt of the earth if your boss will stop jerking your chain. Then you can have impact. Not, you're the salt of the earth if we keep a conservative in the White House. No, you, you are the salt of the earth. You can have influence. And be the kind of believer that brings out the best in situations, others. He says, you are. You see, listen to me. It's time you stop blaming others. It's time you stop making excuses. Because here's what defines where you're going. It is your relationship with the Father. Your position with God. Your orientation to him and his word and what Jesus has done for you. It's about you and God. It's no longer about you and your your father and your stepmother it's about you and God it's always been Matthew 16 it's the pinnacle of Jesus ministry in the gospel of Matthew and he brings him and he says who do people say I am and you know the story the disciples say some say you're John the Baptist Elijah or one of the prophets that's special company and Jesus says but what about you who do you say I am And that's the question of your life right now. That's where it all starts. Who do you say Jesus is? Do you say he's special? He's a good teacher. A lot of great teachers. He's probably at the top of the list. Let me tell you, he's more than that. Who do you, do you have a revelation that he is the Messiah, the son of the living God? That's what Jesus, that's why he asked that question. In John chapter 5, verses 5 through 7 Jesus says, the word says this, one who was there at the pool had been an invalid, had been physically limited for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to, stop a second. I didn't ask you about your condition. Do you want to get well? Well, yeah, but as you can see, I'm kind of I can't get well. Stop it. Do you want to get well? And I'm asking, you don't have to raise your hand, but are you here today and emotionally and physically or financially or relationally or whatever it is in your life that's that's keeping you from being a simple, modest, humble, genuine, saved to the bone, just a just a real Christian. What's do you want to? Get well. Jesus told him, you take up your bed and walk. Do you want to get well? You see, you and God, you're a majority. You and God together are stronger than any force in this world. You and God can, you can you can rise up. You and God can get through it. Are y'all out there this morning? Yeah. Jesus made it personal always. Luke eleven nine. 9. He says, so I say to, say it with me. You. That's weak. Come on. I say to you. ask and it will be given to her. <laughs> Jesus said, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek. And you will find, knock, and you get the rest, and the door will be open to you. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. We're living in a day when the world is caving in around us. Our foundations, they are being destroyed, and biblical values are under attack. But you are the salt of the earth. I am the salt of the earth. You see... We've got to make up our minds. I can stand for truth regardless of who is in the White House, what the media says, what Wall Street says, because Jesus says to me, Chuck Ramsey, you are the salt of the earth. You've got to understand the power of you making the right decisions to let God be God in your life. How many of you want to be the salt of the earth in Jesus' name? Come on. How many of you know our world needs it like never before? It's about you and God, not you and -and so-and-so. The second thing you've got to understand is this is the last point. Can you believe it? It's a 55-minute point, but it is the last point. We got here quicker than we've ever gotten here. You've got to understand the power of Holy Spirit. all these Baptists rolled up in here today. You got to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. I was invited, Candace and I were invited to go to a dinner party on Friday night. It was four or five new couples and it was a delightful time. And so it was a time of getting acquainted. You got to, you got to, you got to hear me on this. And so they're asking me questions and you know, about the church and Candace and me, and, and so I, I begin to tell them, and I'm halfway through the story going, I don't know these people, and the way I'm answering these questions, they got to think, I can't tell you what they, I, th- I thought they might think. <laughs> so, I'm going, yeah, uh, how Candace and I got back, Pastor Munn and Linda were um, out when he was the pastor, they were on a not a honeymoon, We call it? Anniversary. Something I often forget. Um, <laughs> um, and and I, I came to speak. And we were right here in this section on the front row in the first song. And I'm telling this story. and I was like, It was the weirdest thing. I was like, and I, I just dropped to my knees and I heard the Lord say to me, this is your land, these are your people. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so I told that story. How the next day, I was like, I don't know how to tell Candace. And God did what he always, so the next day, I keep this between me and I'm like, I gotta share this with her, I don't know what to do with this. And so I walked in one morning after I took the kids to school on a Monday morning, and I, it was just two of us at home, and I said, honey, I gotta tell you something. she turned around to me and she said, you don't even have to say it, me too. And I said, me too what? She goes... God's calling us to go back to restoration. And then I go from there, and series of miracles, how the Lord got us back. And you know, we were, we were struggling. It's funny to think, just a few years ago, we asked everybody, because there was, there was a, just a handful, just a handful, and we, we said, everybody, park out on the front parking lot, because people are driving by going, are they having church or not? <laughs> Seriously. It's a true story. Now we're like, could y'all park down at Publix or something? But, and so I'm telling, and, and, uh, and I'm relaying this story. And I said, one of the first few days of me going back, the Lord, in my prayer time in that prayer room right there, the Lord said, this is a pray or die assignment. Remember, these are new couples. They barely know me. And I'm, I'm going, God told me this, and he told me this. And then I, I, I said, and, and the Lord, all, and I'm, t- I'm just being real with you. This, these are things God told me. And I did them, and they worked. I know it's him telling me. And, and the Lord said, people have said, how, is that, how does that work? You, the former pastor, and you, God said to me, as you honor Don Munn, I will honor you, and so I'm telling this stuff, and then I go, and then we'd been there a few weeks, and later, and God said, um, "This is not going to happen overnight." And He took me, and I told Him the passage of Scripture, but little by little, God is going to revitalize this church, and I'm about I'm about on number, story number seven where I was saying, and God told me, and then God told me this. And then God told me. And I'm halfway through it going, I don't know what their church background is. And I'm like, maybe I ought to back off a little bit. Because I'm going, if I'm them, I'm going, does God really speak to you that often? <laughs> Hear me. I didn't even think about it. It's, it's like, what's second nature to me? I'm going, and I'm not weird. If you're a Christian... <laughs> Seriously, if you are if you get a ministry assignment, pretty much any ministry assignment, let me tell you, the news is, it's a pray or die assignment. You don't pray. You may have people coming, but you're not living. You're going to die. Your marriage is a pray or die assignment. How many of the wives in here say amen to that? If he doesn't start praying, I'm going to kill him, right? But... Understanding the power of the Holy Spirit, this is possible for you to have this kind of practical, real, intimate relationship with God through personal interaction with the Holy Spirit. Listen, God is speaking to you all the time. You may just not be listening to him. Now, I don't want anybody to get crazy here, but I do want you to raise your antennas up Get off that mono AM channel and understand God is sending out an HD signal because he wants to communicate with you. Let me back up. Just so you, when the pandemic hit, I didn't feel we were to shut down the first week or two and we stayed open. And then the Lord spoke to me. And I was on a call with uh, Governor, holy cow, I'm forgetting all kinds of crazy names. Who's our governor? (laughs) Governor. You don't know either? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kim. And I'm like, this is clear. This is clear. Don't be a spiritual hero. And we shut down for six weeks. And we went over time communicating and stay in touch with our people every day. And then the Lord said, you need to meet in the parking lot and we did it and in that time I was on a call with a zoom call with some of my close friends some of them have 4,000 people in their church and in in mid-march they were rolling out plans and saying things like this here's our 12-week plan and they were going all the way through it and I was like dang we're not that organized (laughs) I'm serious I was intimidated but I had told the staff this is a very fluid situation We're going to plan two weeks at a time. That's all I know to do. And we got out in May, and you remember if you were here in May, Saturday nights in the parking lot were so awesome, we literally said we would rather stay out there with what we have than come back in here and not have what we had out there. You understand? It's it's like traveling through the wilderness with the pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. It's true. This is as real to me as I can tell you. And then on the last Saturday in May, we were like, we're going to be out here in the heat all summer. And then the last Saturday night in May, I said, you know what, tomorrow is Pentecost Sunday. We spontaneously said, we can't let our church be empty on Pentecost Sunday. We're a Pentecostal church. And so we we said, anybody like to gather tomorrow, Dean and Lisa will lead some worship, and I'll share, and we're going to spend some time praying. I didn't have a sermon. We showed up, and this main floor was like, it it overwhelmed us. We were like, oh my goodness, we we thought we'd have a little prayer meeting. And that morning, God gave me two words, just two words, homothermidon, or from Acts chapter two, that there was going to be, God was going to begin to send like-minded people, people who don't even know we're here. He's going to send like-minded people to us. The second thing was, in doing that, he's going to make his church irresistible again. Anybody remember? And now look, we're parking off campus. You may go, well, y'all ain't that irresistible. You know, and I respect that. But what I'm... And then the Lord said, that's Sunday. Now's the time. Open back up. And my friends were still working their 12-week plan. 4,000 people trying to keep up with them. 2,500 people trying to keep up with them. Some of my friends going, wait, you're not going to require, you're going to, really? I, Pastor Mon has said he's had friends reach out to him and go, Don, what's he doing? And Pastor Mon has had to say, he had to say to them, you'd have to be here to experience it. I can't describe it. Listen, God wants to do something that you can't describe. That's what he wants to do. Here we are. Come here, Josette. Let, let me tell you something. I, you know what? This was not planned. She walked up, but I know her story and what she let me let me share a little bit of it, and then I'm gonna give it to you. She's moved here from Ohio. California. Cal, even worse. Wait. <laughs> Did you not drive through Ohio or something? <laughs> Lord Jesus, this story is way better than I thought it was. <laughs> this is the truth. This is the truth. We had met Josette when she visited back in January in Vertical Church on a Wednesday night a couple weeks ago. We sit with her and she starts answering one of the questions. We're in a roundtable discussion. She goes, Y'all wouldn't believe how I got here. And she keeps on going and telling her story. We're like, Whoa, time out. You tell us how you got here, and We'll we'll let you know if we believe it or not. <laughs> and long story short, she's she an assistant manager in a rack room shoes. She had been here for how long? In, in Georgia? In Georgia, three years. Three years had been praying, and that, that day you had said, God, help me find my church, my people. A person comes in, from our church and says, hey, how you doing? And she was in the mood to be honest, told her. And not doing real well. They did whatever they did. That person left. And a few minutes later, she looks up and she sees that person coming back. And the Holy Spirit says to her, the Holy Spirit brought her back. That person from our church comes up and gives her a card and says, can I pray with you? And then she invites her. To our church Okay you got You got some Holy Spirit Dialogue communication going Everybody tracking? She's going Holy Spirit And Holy Spirit's going to Where are you Dr. Trudy? I don't think you even know this We ask her Have you seen or told Trudy? So you leave Which is questionable A lady leaving a shoe store That's a miracle in (laughs) itself right there you came back to get another pair. Oh, I get it. And uh, she goes, I think I just missed an opportunity. She comes back. She obeys Holy Spirit. she has been crying out to the Holy Spirit. She's been here since January. You understand what we're saying here. You've got to under. Anything you want to add to? Did I tell the truth? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit oh, if you just listen pour your heart out and listen you will see you will see the glory of God it was oh, everything I had prayed for walked right back in that door You think you found your people? I know I found my people. (laughs) How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Praise the Lord. Love you, girl. Um, Trudy, thank you for obeying the Holy Spirit. Um, I've got more to preach, but I think you're getting it. Um, Where's Brooks? Brooks, I can't pronounce your last name. Folgerate or something like that. Are you here, Brooks? He's not here, so let's talk about him next. <laughs> um, every staff meeting, we go in and we share stories that are evidence that God is at work in our church and he's helping us accomplish the mission that he's given us to accomplish. You wouldn't, you just wouldn't believe it. Brooks, I'm going to wait for him to be here and share his story, but came from, spent time in prison, in recovery, and started coming to this church in December, I think. And he sat in my office Wednesday afternoon, and he said, Pastor Chuck, every person at that church is loving me. He said, I haven't found one person yet. How do you become a saltier person Who's breaking free from what he's been through? Let God, let the Holy Spirit lead him to a church of people who value the power of flowing with Holy Spirit, who've become dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. I'm going off script here and I'm not gonna keep you long, but you know, some of you have told me, a guy told me this week. Last Sunday was our first Sunday and I didn't even know the songs and I cried Through every one of them brothers and sisters hear me That's not the music or the lights or the sound system or the pastor We invite someone in this room who is a capital S some capital O one When we cry out for his glory he responds some of you you haven't been in a church like this and we're not crazy. (laughs) This is the way the Bible says to do it. Some of you, I've heard from another guy who's like, I was at y'all's church for X number of months, mine opened back up. I went back and found myself irritated. Going, what are we doing? You, If God isn't showing up in undeniable ways you should be going what's wrong not here going why is everybody crying because he's showing us his glory in the old testament if he did that you would die we're in the new testament moses would go oh god i'd love to be in at that church i saw it one time and it caused my face to glow are y'all out there? In, in, the, in the Old Testament, there is what we call types and shadows. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians says, everything that happened in the Old Testament is for our examples. We are to learn from it. You know, the the Jewish people were doing their thing in Jerusalem, in Babylon, and I'm sorry, not in, they were doing it in Israel, in, Babylon, in, in, in Jerusalem. That's where they lived. That's the land God had given them. And then the Babylonians come in and level them. They destroy the temple, destroy it. And then take, and then they kill many of them and they take the choice select studs back to Babylon. And the first thing that happens after they get freed, 50,000 of the poorer Jews were released to go back. Good luck! There's nothing there for you. And when they got back to Jerusalem, the first thing they did was they said, you know what, we gotta start, we gotta rebuild the temple. And so they rebuilt the altar. And that's that was positive. That's a good sign of life. We've gotta reconnect with God. And as they Built just the altar. That's it. No walls, no ceiling, just just the altar. And then business opportunities started happening. Others were coming back. Hey, you know what? We need a city hall. Somebody got it. We got to build a post office. We'll get back. And they got distracted. And they stopped working on the temple. Two years after getting back, they started. And then they... Hey, bit, the commerce is happening. The money's flowing again. Hey, people are looking, we got to build us a lifetime fitness now. We, we got we to straighten all this, get it back to like the Babylonians live. Do you know that even the Samaritans at that time came in and said, they, they appealed to Persia and said, hey, do an executive order and halt their construction. That's exactly what happened. You like those executive orders, don't you? None of us do. Got to stop it. 16 years later, Zechariah comes back, and he is he is always saying he's the one prophet says, and the word of the Lord says. The word of the Lord says. How many of you want the word of the Lord? Not. Pastor Chuck's three secrets to balance your checkbook. Five happy ways to raise children with lots of self-esteem. How many of you are sick of that kind of stuff? The word of the Lord. And what does Zechariah do? He gets to chapter four, and you know this. I'm going to say the the later verse first. He goes, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Don't stop because it's overwhelming. And that's that's one of us. Some of us want to come out of generational junk and, and get our problems and our brokenness microwaved. And hey, now we're like Pastor Chuck and Candace, You know, but it's a process. And he says the word of the Lord is don't despise the day of small beginnings. Start and stick with it. But the big verse in chapter 4 was when he said this. The word of the Lord is to Zerubbabel, the governor. It's not by might nor by power. It's by my spirit, says the word of the Lord. Wait, what? We can't stop with just the altar. You gotta halt all the other concerns. Let the Publix and Kroger and Lifetime Fitness and Post Office, they can wait. Neglecting this is why we were, got leveled 70 years ago. We gotta come back in. And he says, and the word of the Lord is, and somebody hear me in, in the US of A right now. It's not by might, it's not your intellect, your savvy, your connections. It's not the Republicans or the Democrats or the Tea Party. It's not any of them. It's not the CCP. I know we're live on Facebook. But it's time somebody stands up and goes, it's not our connections, my education, my charm, or charisma, or their musicality. It's by his spirit. Yeah. And that's how things get rebuilt. Oh, come on, somebody, if you know what I'm talking about. Come on, praise the Lord for the power of his spirit in us. We glorify you, Jesus. Years later, Nehemiah comes. And he goes, you got the temple rebuilt, but you can't defend yourselves. You don't have any walls. Proverbs 25, 28 basically says, a city can't be a city if it doesn't have walls. It has no way to protect itself. And I know walls are a big deal right now. And I'm not talking about those kind of walls, but walls are a big deal. Please hear me. Many of us are like that picture. The temple's built. I'm a Christian. The Holy Spirit lives in me, and he does. Romans 8, verse 9. If the Holy Spirit's not in you already then you're not a christian when you, he came to live in you when you became a christian now he wants you to release him and let him live through you and what does it, what's that like please oh anybody picking up what i'm putting down right now we have a a room full or a, a, a nation full of christians that they got the temple rebuilt we've reestablished connection with god but you don't have any walls You haven't dealt with the outer issues of your childhood or your wounds, and you don't have any fruit of the Spirit, the self-control that helps you work through issues and become a salt-of-the-earth person. You're not free. And decades later, a man named Nehemiah, whose name means Yahweh comforts, he, the root of his name is the same root for the name Holy Spirit, Thank you, Lord. and we see in the Old Testament Nehemiah comes as a picture of the Holy Spirit, and say, "Thank God we're saved. Now let's start working on how to live, like we're like, how to live at the fullest, optimum destiny for which God has. Because remember Jesus." Didn't come just that you would have life. He came that you might have it more abundantly. Are y'all out there? Oh, God, help us to go. We've got to be able to. And they had tried for years and years and years. Please hear me. There's so much, I'm not ringing out all the truth, but I want to just give you the clip or the chuck notes. Here's the deal. Um, Nehemiah came back. They had tried, got depressed, got overwhelmed, just like Satan does to you. Yeah. You get a little wind beneath your wings and they just, boom, you know. I, I can do this, I can do this. I love you, Lord. I'm pumped. And that's that's a story for many of us. Nehemiah came as a picture of the Holy Spirit, and it didn't take him years. It's still, in Harvard, in the MBA program, there is a class, a semester, on the leadership of Nehemiah. Imagine that. Harvard is teaching a class on Holy Spirit leadership, and they don't even know it. How I many you know we need to send a lot of Harvard grads back to that class and help them to know it? Why, why is that? Oh, there's beautiful things in there. Here's the deal. In 52 days, the wall was rebuilt. And now the people could live in worship and freedom because the walls had been rebuilt Brothers and sisters, I love you all. I I tell you this frequently. I could preach cute sermons. No, I couldn't. I could try to. I couldn't sleep at night. My testimony of what God has done in our family, Candace came from tough stuff. Many of you know her story. She shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be married together. But God, the next two years, next six months, can you imagine if you go, God, fill me with your spirit. Help me to live according, as Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 6, according, not to the flesh, not walk in the flesh, but according to the to what Pastor Munn's been teaching on Wednesday. According to the spirit. What's that mean? Well, I'll illustrate it by this. Philippians chapter four, verse 19 says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Romans eight says condemnation, it's there, but it's, it's not really there. There is therefore now no condemnation. The law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin. But let's be honest. You go, Pastor Chuck, I'm still dealing with it. Condemnation stinks. Can I get away? Just the feeling of guilt, the emotion of that, and being controlled by your flesh. Just the feeling of guilt, 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 condemned. And you may go, I'm going to rise up and claim the word. There is no condemnation, there is no condemnation, there is no condemnation, but you feel condemned. The Holy Spirit wants you to learn how to walk according to the Spirit that will not only help you say, hear me, I'm dropping some truth, help you say what God says, but will begin to help you feel the truth, And we don't live by feelings, so I don't know who's going to get this or watch this later. We don't live by feelings. But how many of you are tired or feeling condemned? I don't know what the percentage is, but I know it's a lot of people. Satan wants you to yeah, rebuild the temple, but we're going to keep you feeling condemned, walking in the flesh. Letting your mind continue to be set on the things below, not the things above. What's it mean to be according to the Spirit? I'm going to close with this. This is like the Simmons day. Brian took a group of us skiing late, snow skiing late January. And um, we got dumped on. I think one day it was like 10 inches of powder, and the day before it was like six inches. And like, I love to ski, but I like to see where I'm going. We were <laughs> like, we got dumped on. And Brian likes to snow ski in the trees <laughs> with fresh powder where there's no trail. And so we would follow him. And on the second day of trying to keep up with that savage beast, (laughs) I said, Brian, are you following a trail or are you blazing it? (laughs) Seriously, and he goes, blazing it, whatever. And I was like, man, that's awesome. Because you know what, I, I I was like, Chuck Ramsey, quit making your own trail. Follow him. If you ever skied in powder, especially tree skiing, you've got to make splits sec- like, whoop, whoop, and you better make it and, and sell, lean in, or you're going to Sunny Bono a tree. And... <laughs> And occasionally I would, I was like, oh, Brian, I couldn't make that turn that you made, and I'm awful. And then when you fall in powder, oh, your skis sink, and then you're up to, yeah. and you've got to pull yourself up and get. Some of us, you need to just stop blazing your own trail and start living according to the spirit that's in you. Teach, Lord, teach me to hear your voice lead me, guide me, speak to me like you did to Pastor Chuck when he came back and accepted an insurmountable challenge that no might or power could get it done but your spirit. Man, I, I feel the power of God. I feel hope springing up. I'm enjoying this sermon and nobody else is. God is speaking to me. Rick, we can do anything. For his glory that he calls us to do. Get your mind off of D.C. Don't become an uninformed voter. That's not what I'm saying. But don't be so oppressed about what's happening politically that you get your eye off of rebuilding the temple. Yes, We don't need just an altar. This ecclesia, the called out ones of God, we're not here to navigate and negotiate. We're here to take over. Over. That's what we're here to do in the realm of the spirit. Anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Come on. Would you just stand to your feet? I know the Lord is speaking to a lot of us this morning. I want to just drill down. And if you're here and you go, Pastor Chuck, that, that for me to become a salt of the earth person. There's a lot. It's overwhelming. I need Holy Spirit power. But I'm now ready. And I'm going to surrender to the power of the Spirit in me, releasing all the potential, the DNA. Peter said that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness, that we might participate in the divine nature that's gonna be released in you right now. You and God are gonna make it. If you're here this morning, you say, Holy Spirit is speaking to me about me and I'm gonna give him this issue. I'm gonna give him this situation. Hold your hand up, come on. And just, now if you're comfortable with it, take the other hand and just hold him up like a child. Just say to the Father, Lord, pick me up. Pick me up. I surrender to you, come on. Now just receive his freedom. Those of you who know how to pray, just pray, Holy Spirit, begin to consume us. Let the fire of your spirit, the reality of your presence, the power and the energy that makes your word come to pass in our lives, let that be released in us. Come on, brothers and sisters. Yes, Lord, fill your church with power. Fill your church with the the energy of heaven. Fill your people with faith that we can do all things through Christ who gives us truth. And we are going to do all things, not just the reality that it can happen, but the actuality that it is happening now in the name of Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. Now just say, Father, say it out with me, everybody. Say, Father, I surrender. Fill me up to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. I release you, Holy Spirit, to live the Christ life through me. In Jesus' name, I'm going to make it. I'm going to leave a legacy, a godly heritage. Come on, I'm going to bring out the best in others, and I'm going to preserve this world. In Jesus' name and for His glory. If you believe that, come on now, lift up your hands, lift up your voices. We, hey, now receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that even this week there will be moments that every person in here who has ears to hear, they're going to hear that still small voice direct them. It's going to be so practical. It's going to be so sweet. It's going to lead to fruitfulness and freedom in the name of Jesus. Everybody look here just a second. You know, all the stuff that's going on with gender confusion and sexuality. um, The Holy Spirit in you has the capacity to minister to anyone that's what I'm going to say about that. Are y'all out there? The Holy Spirit will give me compassion to understand someone's struggle. He will reveal hurts of the past and equip me to be able to minister to anyone. Are y'all out there? How many of you know that's the equipment we have through the power of the Spirit? Now listen, we've got to leave here and we got to go out and be used by the Holy Spirit and season and speak life into situations. You know what? In the next few months, may there be three rows of Joe sets where the Holy Spirit told you, go back in there, ask that cashier when her 15-minute break is coming because you want to pray for her at Publix. Are y'all, you believe this stuff is real? Believe this? How many of you know we're living in a biblical epoch right now? We're living a Bible story right now and God wins through us alright y'all keep smiling I'll keep preaching so stop smiling at me okay I'm so full in, in this, this opportunity we have before us in the earth we're not going to miss it in Jesus name I mean no Jesus is victorious yes Lord so Father as we leave fill us with your spirit use us for your glory We'll, we'll scale over a wall. We can take out a troop because you are with us. Your word says, if you hadn't been with us, our all of our enemies would have already swallowed us alive. But you are with us. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Just say, I receive it. Amen. Have a great afternoon. I love you.